Hey everyone, welcome back to Committed Critics, a pop culture podcast where we're not just committed to our opinions, but also each other. Aww. Aww. I'm Ryan Davis. And I'm Zachary Wright. Again, Kevin is out today. But however, we have another person. You might have heard a second voice in the aww <laughs> special guest. Who are you? Uh, hi, my name is Davey Peppers. Davey, woo! Nice good, to see you again, Davey. Good to hear from you again, man. Always a pleasure. It has been too darn long. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Um, Mild swearing, no F-bombs. Yeah. It has been too damn long. Works for me. Cool. Hey. Woo! <laughs> so what you been up to, Davey? How's life? Well, the world's on... My world's on fire. How about yours? Modern uh, on fire. It's hopefully getting put out in like three days. Hopefully. Please. That's that's good. That's the way I like it, and I never get bored, so... <laughs> so, Davey, what, what are some of the thing, pop culture things you like? Uh, I like movies. I'm a big fan of movies. I love musicals Ooh. i think broadway musicals are awesome i i enjoy the occasional book from time to time and the occasional uh sad boy indie folk album and i <laughs> am a big fan of interactive storytelling also known as them video games heck yeah man yeah back to back video game episodes i love this this is what i'm here for video games are cool they're they're very they're very interesting and I like them a lot. Yeah, the only reason I am getting through this pandemic. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Me too. I have a um I have a giant Twitter thread that I do that I've been doing now of like games I've completed. My 2020 list got to like 150 and I'm already at like <laughs> I think 12 Jeez. for this year. Dude, I love your video game your video game threads. Also, Ghost of Tsushima, that was a hot take, man. Hot take. It was a hot yeah, take. Yeah, that was. It was a hot take and it wasn't a hot take I was proud of. And usually I'm very <laughs> proud of my hot takes, but I was like I want I just wanted to like it so much, and I did it, and I feel bad about it. I'm currently playing it right now. I wrote a whole five-page, like, paper review on Cyberpunk and why it's basically, like, a steaming pile of hot garbage, and I've never felt more proud in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to read that. Send that to me. Yeah, I'll send it to you, yeah. Um, but also, Davey, so do you have any content? Do you produce anything? I am a violently online person. I host two of the weekly episodes of the Golden State Media Concepts movie podcast, oh. where I do two hour-long shows a week discussing recent films. I am a critic and editor for the website oneofus.net, reviewing various films and television shows and the like. Cool. And I co-run and am the writer slash voice of a YouTube channel called Game Mechanics, where we occasionally do video essays on games and especially how they relate to the greater world at large. Oh, wow. So all those websites, go check out Davey. He's got awesome content. We love him. We're glad. And also, if you, and also you can just find all of my stuff on my website, DaveyPeppers.com or my Twitter at DaveyPeppers for just kind of a hub that links to everything else because that was a lot of it was a lot of links and a lot of titles links in them bios right <laughs> <laughs> yep so Davey we are all video game fans here but more specifically you're a huge indie game fan correct I am I I love I love a good indie game the less I, I like I just I just like people doing weird stuff with the medium and I find you can see that a lot in indie games more than in your traditional AAA stuff yeah I 100% I agree. Um, so just for everyone at home, let's set a let's set a baseline, right? So let's define what an indie game is and why is it viable compared to playing like a mainstream regular game. Sound good? Yeah. 
All right, so Davey, in your idea, in your head, what is an indie game? Can you define it for us for this episode? Well, an indie game is anything that I like, which makes me a better person than everyone else <laughs> who doesn't like them. Um, <laughs> no, an indie game is a game that is not a first or second party developed title. So nothing out of Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo's first party developments nor their exclusive deals with stuff like for example the wonderful 101 on the wii u is a second party title is a dedicated release not developed by nintendo but put forth by them also examples such as like cyberpunk 2077 or like doom eternal mm -hmm. just anything from one of the predominant publishers or developers usually having a $60 full console release. Basically anything that costs 60 bucks is more than likely, actually I would say almost guaranteed to be a triple A or even sometimes double A title. Gotcha. Right. The way, the easiest way for me to think about it is like first party, like would be like your Sony games, your Microsoft, your Halo's, your uh, Last of Us Part 2s or like your Mario games. Yeah. And then like second party would be like your Bethesda's. Well, not anymore. Bad example. Um, <laughs> well, well, actually, no. Well, Bethesda yeah. would be second party now for Xbox. Right. Yeah. So like some bigger name studios like Ubisoft. Um, that's the only one that came to my head off the top of my head. Uh, but like, bigger studios like that who still have a name that pay like, like you said, 60 bucks for a game. Yeah. Um, and like an uh, indie game in my head is like a very, very small company. So like, like among us, for example, is made by inner sloth and that's like four developers and it costs $5. So, um, is that a fair explanation? Yeah, I think that sounds great. It, it does get a little weird when you get like, I, cause I know valve has always been a bit of a contentious point in this conversation because they started much more indie and now they're kind of at a point where like, Oh, you guys don't get to call yourself indie. Anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and see, so yeah, some I'm one, someone who hasn't played many indie games, so that's where it always got confusing for me. Was what defines an indie game by the company? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Um, but I find that indie games are more like are viable just as regular games because they're like indie films. Like they make you think, they make, give you lessons to learn. It's a nice little like slice, it could be a slice of life game compared to like your AAA games. I don't, Davey, what do you think? Yeah, I think what makes indie games so interesting for me is that. If you track, especially in the last 10 years from kind of the explosion of them with titles like Braid and Limbo and Super Meat Boy and the advent of the Xbox 360 and PS3 online marketplaces, you see a lot of the stuff that will be big in a couple years start to grow and refine itself in the independent space. Like, I think it's a really good progenitor of... Yeah, where games are going to go because there are so many experiments. Many of them are failed experiments, but there are a lot of throwing stuff at the wall and saying this idea might work and we're going to put just enough money and just enough resources behind it to make a $10 game. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we're going to try it. Yeah, it's the oversaturation of the market. Like there are some gems out there and there are some... You have your I am Mayo 2s that are 99 cents on PSN <laughs> and you get a free platinum trophy out of it. Um, uh, that That's shovelware. Shovelware and indie <laughs> games. Not the same thing. Shovel. Although, if if you guys ever do a shovelware episode, you better invite me. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Understood. Um, so, 
let's get into it. So we're going to recommend one indie game before the break to for everyone who out there who wants to get into indie games. And then after the break, we'll go into some different details. So here, Kevin wrote into the document that he recommended a game called A Hat in Time. I have never played this game. Davey, have you played A Hat in Time? I have. It is quite good. Um, it is one of the kind of throwback to the Nintendo 64, PlayStation 1, PS2, GameCube, Xbox era of 3D of 3D platformers, similar okay. to something like Ukulele. And it's a good game. And I like it. And it's cute. Um, that's really all I have. Like, that's really all Kevin wrote. He didn't write any explanation for it. So glad you knew what it was, because I'm like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Um, Davey, what would your recommendation be? My recommendation, and this is for people wanting to get into indie games, and also just if anyone is wanting to get into games at all, really, it is a extremely difficult game, especially the farther you get on and in the post-game content, but Celeste by yes. the company Matt Makes Games, directed and developed by Matty Thorson, who previously... They made the multiplayer title Towerfall, which got enough buzz for this very small team to make a passion project. Um, It's very autobiographical in a lot of ways to Thorson's life and their eventual, like, coming out story. It follows the story of Madeline, a young woman with a debilitating anxiety disorder who says, I just want to do something meaningful with my life, so I am going to climb this giant mountain that a lot of people have died trying to climb, and I'm going to do it, and no one can stop me because I need this. And mechanically, it functions as your traditional 8-bit retro throwback platformer. You jump, you dash, you climb. It's not terribly mechanically intensive, but the level design pulls you along so well and when aspects of the story and the art and the incredible music by composer Lena Rain start to come in, it becomes as transcendent an experience as a pixel art platformer could possibly get. I think it is one of the most simple to understand and addictive and beautiful video games that we have ever seen in the medium. I agree with you 100%. Um, I had actually downloaded Celeste a while ago, uh, back in, I think, 2018 when I got my PS4 for the first time. And so um, I started playing it. I'm like, I'm a big platformer guy. I knew what the story was kind of about, but I'm like, eh, whatever. And then I saw you put it in the document. I'm like, all right, I'll give it another try. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm hooked on it now. <laughs> like, it's such a good story. It, it's so good. It's really good. The music is amazing it's just it's nice to like just turn on have it in the background you're sitting there play a couple levels for like 20 minutes i'm like all right i'm good i'm not trying i do want to kind of platinum at some point but damn it's really hard right now for me because i'm not a platformer guy i'm really not i don't do it don't do it okay it will kill you (laughs) it will kill i i won't ever do it fair enough it is an exceptionally arduous task okay like i have a lot of friends who have tried to platinum it and some of them have gotten through the b-sides None of them have complete have one hundred percented the game. Okay, yeah, uh, I'll take I'll keep that in mind then because maybe I won't like like end myself over it. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really really good game. If you're wanting to get into platformers, like because I've never been a big platformer besides like Mario, but like this is it's very unique and I think everyone should experience it because I know like I know the story is I'm not going to spoil it, 
But like based off of what I know, I'm like, I know where this is leading to. I have heard the end of it. Like this is like something everyone needs to like experience for sure. Um, Ryan, what's your pick? Um, I do. Ha- I like I said, I haven't played many indie games. So and I the definition of indie games has been confusing, but Gravity Rush uh i'm not sure if any of you i think davy you said you played it recently yeah i actually got it from gamefly and played it this past week i played it in two settings nice i well i've not i did not play in two settings it took me a while to beat this game <laughs> only because uh some of the mechanics like it took me a while to get the mechanics because uh gravity rush to describe it as basically a game it the reason i enjoyed it so much is because it very much reminded me of anime uh, back to the weeb lifestyle, but uh, no shame in that. You like what you like. No shame. <laughs> it's 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 but, super anime. Yeah, like basically, you're a girl named Cat who has gravity manipulation powers. So instead of like flying, you're technically falling in any direction. But it's interesting. Like it took me a while to get the mechanics for it down because I was like, "Gosh, stop falling this way, fall the other way." But right, yeah. I very much enjoy the story. It definitely is a. It definitely has an anime feel to it with the characters and how the story runs and everything, how the powers work. Um, I definitely will recommend it to anyone, uh, just first time or if they just want. I, I don't even know how to describe what kind of platform. It's not a platform. It's like a three D. I don't even. I, I don't know. Davey, can you help me out here? <laughs> it is a three D action adventure game with platformer and exploration mechanics oh i'm looking at that, pictures yeah it sounds about right yeah, yeah that, no, that's as yeah. best as i could do <laughs> it's a game where you fall everywhere it's awesome <laughs> uh human fall flat no i'm just kidding um my recommendation is kind of like the now generic um among us like it's gotten very popular but honestly like during the pandemic like it was the indie game like for people to come together and start playing video games like the amount of people i never thought i would be in a discord call with like my sister not a gamer at all she played among us she sat in a discord call right and was able to play like this very simple designed game um that became popular and like there are tons of people like for me the the one thing about among us for me is like it's uh overall like mechanics like they're all right. Like it's not. It's nothing like revolutionary by any means. It's another like werewolf or like trouble and terrorist town murder kind of like Gmod game. Um, but it's how people were brought to it. It's how it became like a popular like social thing for people to do because they're stuck inside. And that's kind of what like games mean to me. It's bringing people together. So and Among Us was able to do that on such a big front, and I think that's why. If I'm gonna recommend a game to anyone, I'm gonna be like, all right, yeah, we're gonna get a group of friends together, we're gonna play Among Us, and this is how people get introduced into like video games if they aren't like naturally like naturally um, lured into like AAA games. But so fair is that a fair analysis? You guys think? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right, and I think with that we will take a quick break. Looking for a spot to advertise your business, product, or service? You can have a personalized ad right here on Committed Critics. Email us at committedcritics at gmail.com for more info. Hey, hey, we're back. All right. So now in this next second half of this episode, we're going to talk about uh, any games we don't recommend for first-time players. And then we're going to try and pitch, me and Davey are going to try and pitch a game to Ryan. 
Kevin definitely should be here for this pitch. <laughs> so I'm really going to try and <laughs> really going to try my hardest on this one. Um, so Davey, if what, what would one indie game be that you don't recommend to newcomers or to people who would not be able to pr- appreciate it to a certain extent? Uh, and this isn't a title that I don't like you couldn't appreciate, but I think it represents kind of the worst aspects of indie games and okay. is the type of title that makes people bristle at the thought of these very small development teams with these passion projects. And that is Jonathan Blow's The Witness. Um, his previous game, Braid, was one of the games that I mentioned that kind of kickstarted this past decade of the indie revolution, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Where that game blended its puzzle and time manipulation and minor platforming elements, I think, really well. The Witness is both more bloated and more stripped down. The The pitch of The Witness is you are stranded on an island. It's completely open. You can go wherever you want. And you solve line puzzles. Uh, oh. And you do that for about 40 hours. <laughs> oh, no. Wait a minute. What? Hang on. Interesting. Yeah. So for for roughly 30 to 40 hours, if you do everything, which I did, the best way... Yeah, yeah. You, you, you do line puzzles. They have slightly different mechanics, and there are a few that take advantage of things like sound or color... But for the most part, my biggest issue with The Witness outside of it being extremely pretentious and having a lot of very odd decisions in its final few hours or so. Right. Is that most of it could be done on a pen and paper and it doesn't have a reason, at least I don't feel, it doesn't have a reason to be an interactive piece of media. It is... It almost seems like it hates the player and it hates the world at large. Okay, yeah. Because it is so isolated and bare. And I in one of the videos on the YouTube channel that I mentioned at the start, I did an entire video about the witness and about games that really want to prove how smart the developers are. And The Witness, I think, is the ultimate example of that. I would not recommend it be a starting point, and I also would not recommend it be a game people play, but it got a lot of press by being by Jonathan Blow, so it will probably show up if you search for indie games, and I just, I ask that you be wary. Okay, I guess, like, so you would just say that The Witness, would you say it's a bad game overall? I don't know. I've thought about The Witness for many years, and I still don't know if it's a bad game or not. I know I didn't like it. Okay, that's fair. I didn't know if it was something like, like you still like appreciated like what was there at all, but or like if it was just like a critique. Kind of. I I don't. It's it's a very it's a very difficult game to fully make a decision on. I think that's fair. The one game Kevin put down for his uh, ones that he did not recommend was 1980X, or I guess. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, it'd be nineteen eighty X. Right? Yeah. Okay. Have you played that game, Davey? I have not played it. It has been on my Steam and Switch wish list for about three years at this point, and I don't know if I'll ever get around to it. It's apparently extremely short, like maybe an hour, and that's all I much know about it. So since Kevin isn't here to explain, it, I did pull the quick, the quick Wikipedia article just to explain what it is. Um, it's an arcade video game developed by Swedish team Hybit Studios. Did Hybit do Smite? That 
I could be wrong on that one. Don't quote me on that one. Um, and it's published by Sonka. It released on Nintendo Switch. It received a 65 on the Metacritic rating score. And it's a homage to arcade game in the 1980s, apparently. Um, there's five chapters. They're based around different genres of arcade video games, such as beat-em-ups and, si- and side-scrollers. Side-scrolling space shooters. So I don't know the reasons of why Kevin said not. And he didn't recommend it. So And then, so the game... Mine, my recommendation, my don't recommendations would be uh, just roguelites in general, not because they're bad or I don't like them in any stretch of imagination. It's just, it's a very niche part of indie games, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, roguelikes, for people who don't know, it's basically, Davey, explain like a roguelike because I'll butcher this definition. So, roguelikes descending from the classic game Rogue, which is lazy naming basically involve you going into the dungeon because most of them are dungeon crawlers but it doesn't have to be a dungeon but we'll use that for right now you go into the dungeon you fight monsters with a randomly generated map randomly generated item pickups and then eventually you'll die and you do it all over again until eventually you become good enough at the game or strong enough with item upgrades or general stat upgrades to make it to the end and then you just kind of do it a lot yeah um notable examples are the binding of isaac rebirth which is my second favorite game of all time hades slay the spire for a deck building roguelite enter the gungeon and a lot of similar titles also bullets per minute a rhythm doom clone oh in- roguelike interesting which i very much enjoy and it is hard as balls interesting <laughs> um so yeah the first roguelike i got into was dead cells and i it was good like game for me to sit there play and like not really think about what's happening and whenever i died i'm like all right whatever just do it again but like for people that isn't the people that aren't like who won't there are, i've had, there's a big number of people who would do that and be like oh i died like that's kind of dumb i don't want to do this all over again so I think like that's a big would be a big turnoff for people and just to be wary of some games. So like Hades has generated a lot of traction for being this awesome design game, awesome roguelike. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to go into Hades, just be aware that like you will be playing a lot of times you will die. And like, that's fine. Just as long as you're learning the story and know what you're going into. That's just my general recommendation. Just be like, hey, be wary. Like Davey said with uh, The Witness, like roguelites in general they're fun they can be really fun but i can also see the downside of them being like i don't want to keep doing this like will i ever get good enough to beat this game essentially yeah so now leading into a game to pitch to ryan um i'm gonna go first just because this will be funny for comedic sake davy you have a better chance probably (laughs) ryan you should play hades (laughs) (laughs) well that's straight to the point because hades essentially like I think you are part of the people who would like roguelites. Yeah, it kind of seems like like frivolous to just keep dying, but you do power up. You do learn from your mistakes. You understand that like the character of Hades is named Zagreus. I can't pronounce his name, Davey. Help me out here. Zagreus. Zagreus. Thank you. And he's basically a son of Hades, and it's set in the Greek pantheon. And Ryan, I know you love the Greek gods, you Percy Jackson fan. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy like the setting and how it plays. Um, it's kind of top down ish. It's top down at an angle, which is kind of interesting. I've never really seen before. It's uh, isometric. Yeah, isometric. Thank you. 
But yeah, no, I, from what I've played so far, I've enjoyed it. I just had time to got back to it and I want to keep playing and try and actually beat it, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like, it's very rich in the mythos of the Greek mythology. And I think based off that, you would like it. And also, it do- there is a sense of, like, um, accomplishment and, like, feeling like, man, I'm a bad, like, a badass. I just, like, went through this many dungeons so many times. And I think you would have that appreciation once you got, like, good at it, to an example, for example. Okay. Davey, that- I gave the good old college try. I think you have a better chance now. <laughs> okay, Ryan. You like anime, right? Yes. Yes, very much, yeah. as we established. So so you like Japan? I went to Japan. <laughs> oh, so you really like Japan. Um, yes. What if I told you that there was a game that was the single most Japanese thing anyone's ever made? Like Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima? Oh. Oh, no, honey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, I did that just to, as a dig. This is way more Japanese than that. So this game which was originally a small team at Namco's creation for the PlayStation 2, but was recently remastered in the Unity engine on all your consoles and PC, Katamari Damashi. Okay. So, the plot of Katamari Damashi is you are the son of the king of all cosmos. You are an alien prince and you screw up one day, and all of the stars in the sky fall. And so everyone's mad at you because there are no stars and Earth is freaking out. So your father, again, the king of everything, mm-hmm. says, make more stars. We got to put something else up there. And you say, okay, how do I do it? And the king says, here's a tiny little Katamari ball. Roll up as many household objects and random things from earth that you can find and once it gets big enough to be a star i'll put it in the sky and it can cover your tracks so it is a i guess puzzle action game where you have this tiny little ball and you have to roll it around picking up small things and slowly picking up bigger and bigger and bigger things eventually just creating destruction in these intricately designed little miniature (laughs) worlds and just cause a havoc to create more stars to rebuild the sky ryan i'm looking at like pictures of this game and yeah you're rolling a ball you're basically rolling a snowball around just destroying shit this looks like rap your alley (laughs) i'm I'm looking it up now i'm like it's on sale on the switch right now it's 10 bucks it's it's only ten bucks. I bought it. I bought it for thirty, and it was worth that. So if it's only ten bucks, I I think it might be something you really enjoy. It is the soundtrack is awesome. The visuals are super colorful and very vibrant, and it's something that you can kind of just turn your brain off and say, "I just want to roll a human being into a ball." <laughs> you can do that. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's that's right up there, Ali Ryan. I think you might like that one actually. It's yeah, fascinating. Ryan, do you have any other like games you've heard of that you might want to like you want to throw at me and Davey? I mean, like I said, the only game I, I my definition of indie games is very weird. I didn't I don't know what I didn't know what indie games would class were defined as. So I'm like the only ones I've ever played 
Besides Gravity Rush, Rush was probably Castle Crashers. I mean, that's a which is a that's a solid one. I still haven't played that yeah. one. Jordan's played Castle Crashers. I haven't played it. It's like it's a fun little run to the side, smack everything, and in, in that direction. Uh, I got very competitive with some friends uh, back in uh, college playing that game. And I think like one indie game that like still stands the test time. I said this last week on the on the episode with Andy. Um, but I know like Valve isn't technically um indie name works that's a big controversial thing but portal like portal back in the day yeah. probably was classified as indie correct davy i would say so it gets it's a little confusing because a of the success of half-life 2 and also because portal was originally released in the orange box with team fortress 2 and the half-life episodes so it is an indie game as part of a larger whole but yes portal is my personal favorite game of all time i think it is the best video game ever made so play it oh wow <laughs> yeah ryan like portal doesn't take much to run it's very it's very easy it's very pu- it's a puzzle game and like it runs on a potato which is funny if you've played the sequel <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited to play portal 2 i Dave, i just finished portal 1 the other day or like like list last week uh, you are i portal 1 i think is generally tighter because it's such a small experience and i think it hits all those notes perfectly but Portal 2 is also just an absolute delight. Right, yeah. And I talked about it a little bit last week whenever um, I was one of the games, like, I played Portal in 2020, so I threw it in there with games I played in 2020. Um, so, I mean, it stands the test of time. Like, it's not like, oh my god, this is so dated by, I mean, by any stretch of the imagination. No, it still holds up. Like, the design of it is, like, almost impeccable. Like, you learn the fundamentals, and then you apply the fundamentals to these bigger puzzles, and you feel rewarded or accomplished because you were able to do it based off what you learned and that's what i like about video games as a whole is like learning from your mistakes like celeste going back to celeste earlier in the episode um i you don't like dying there's no there's no consequence to dying in celeste really so you just keep going and you learn from your mistakes you learn from mistakes like okay i have to dash here jump here dash here get in this little bubble and go and once you get it, you f- there's a small like dopamine hit in my brain that goes off every time I do it correctly. And it just it's really nice. And I enjoy that. But with that being said, is there anything else you guys want to add? No, that's about it. Video games are just neat, y'all. Play- Actually, no, I do want to add something. Play weird things and play things you don't know if you'll like. Some of the best and most exhilarating experiences I've ever had have been going to Steam filtering out the shovelware garbage or the Switch eShop or whatever, and just picking, like, five games that are cheap and have good reviews. Even if it's something that doesn't seem like your style, you could find something that either introduces you to a new thing or just completely upends your expectations. And that is some of the most beautiful stuff about a medium so young and so constantly evolving. Hmm. I think that speaks true to even like AAA titles. Like I know this is about indie games, but like whenever I was younger, like the reason I have such an attachment to like the first Last of Us game is, um, I was uh, the only video games I played were like stuff on PS2. When I got my dad, when I was able to play my dad's PS3, I got Call of Duty. I was a big first person shooter, and then I'm like, this Last of Us game, like it looks good. Like I'll pick it up, and I fell in love with it. Like yeah, try things that are new. Try things that like are out of your comfort zone. You might be surprised what you find. But with that said, Ryan, you want to take us out of this episode? Yes, I can. Uh, this has been Committed Critics. Thank- you can follow us on Twitter at Committed Crits. Uh, that's C O M M I T T E D 
C-R-I-T-S. You can also follow us on Instagram with the same username. And you can follow us on YouTube at Committed Critics. We're also on Spotify as well. We have a Patreon and we have a Podbean. Um, David, do you want to plug any of your stuff real quick one more time? Yeah, so again, I do the Golden State Media Concepts movie podcast. I work for oneofus.net and I have my YouTube channel Game Mechanics and all of those can be found either on my Twitter or on my website, D-A-V-E-Y-P-E-P-P-E-R-S dot com. Nice. That's at Davy Peppers on Twitter and uh, on Twitter, right? Yes, at Davy Peppers on Twitter as well. Cool. All right. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Committed Critics. We will hope to see you another time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.